Hello listeners, welcome to our first episode of The Glory Hole in the Berlin Wall, a podcast of three people based in Berlin, three weirdos talking about different weird subjects, and I'm Georg. Um, I'm a historian by profession, I hold a degree in history by Freie Universität Berlin, um, but I'm also interested in a lot of other weird stuff like cults, religion, philosophy, and you might find me to be the most wise as the of the three persons here. But um, it's up to you to judge. Hi, Berlin or people from other cities listening in. This is Ilya, uh, also coming hot from the podcast, the glory hole in the Berlin Wall. I don't know if we keep the the in the beginning or not. Um, uh, uh, I come from Russia, but I am in Berlin for the past seven years. I hold zero degrees, even though I attempted three degrees which not a lot of people can uh, say about themselves. Uh, but I'm a professional in such uh, things as uh, uh, video games, pornography, um, food, uh, and uh, Russian history for the past 15 years. <laughs> um, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, please subscribe as much as you can. We really need this thing to work out. Well, well. My name is Moad. I am Palestinian Jordanian. Moved to Berlin in 2017, so almost like five years ago. Uh, I'm an Arab Spring activist and a filmmaker. And I met those two weirdos that you heard before me in a bar, actually. So we're proper drunks. Enjoy. I was trying to be normal. So anyway, I saw this thing with him, yeah, that he was founding uh, the school and then like people on Twitter started like accusing his wife, Jada, that my God, you're fucking Scientologist, dude, because uh, Leah Remini, Leah yeah. Remini said, we like, about also a well-known Scientologist. I'm, also, I'm really surprised that you didn't yeah, know also, that Will Smith was a Scientologist. I didn't know that they were Scientologists at all, but because they don't, they're not openly Scientologists. They always deny that they're Scientologists. Oh, really? But as much as Will Smith. Like they openly deny it when like asked. Yeah, when asked. Fronted, but like, that's the thing. Okay. The way Jada denied it was the most awkward, like self uh, self-snitching that I ever saw. <laughs> Leah Remini was like, uh, yeah, I saw her at the Celebrity Center like a bunch of times. And then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, like, Jada's tweet is like, I've been to many mosques and prayed, yet I'm not a Muslim. I've been to many Buddhist temples, yet I'm not a Buddhist. So she endorses That's Scientology as a religion, yeah. still, you know, yeah. like as yeah. any other, which but is... Who does that usually? It's a Scientology. It's Scientology. Also, like, <laughs> we're not saying you were like... Tom Cruise, you know, we're saying you believe in this shit and you just said you did. And also, but the way she constructed this tweet is like... I'm sorry, no, but did they do experiments with her? And her I know, yeah. Because <laughs> they tried actually because all, because the main guy, like, they had to donate her hair to Tom Cruise. Oh my God. Part of it to Tom Cruise and part of it to Miss Cabbage, because they were balding. So Jesus, really? Yeah, yeah. So they have the... That, that, if, if Chris Rock did this joke, he should have been slapped. He would have been slapped. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, she did this tweet. And then we go to Dugan. Um, I go to many mosques and pray, yet I'm not a Muslim. I go to many oh. Buddhist temples and pray, yet I'm not a Buddhist. And then the last, the last thing she says, I do many charitable humanitarian things. 
And then, like, when I read it, I was like, oh, shit, she's going to admit she's not human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then she said something like, like, whatever. Just because she does humanitarian things means, like, I don't know, something. That she's a good oh, person. Yeah. Giving money to Scientology. But really, I think if this slap didn't happen, uh-huh. I wouldn't have known about the Oscars. I mean, yeah. A lot of people no, didn't, for sure. didn't even tune in. Like, there's so much <coughs> shit going So on. I think... Like, nobody really cares. Yeah. This made the news, actually, more than anything. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is fake for sure. Yeah, it was a bitch slap. Like, it was a coward slap. You know, he wasn't like, square up, dude. Like, it's time to, you know, yeah, it's time yeah, to duke yeah, it yeah. out. He just came up to him. And obviously, Chris Rock doesn't expect to get slapped yeah. on stage, you know, for a joke that wasn't even that offensive. Yeah. You know, the most, like, just lukewarm... Like not even anything. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a big laughter or something in the. Yeah, audience no one was like, "Ooh, Jesus!" Yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, "All right, whatever." Yeah, like, like, it's a, it's we a don't joke. give a fuck about the Oscars. It's a joke for TV. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, that was totally a planned by Kremlin. So yeah, let's uh, start to talk about. Uh, I'm 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 gonna speak horrible Russian now. <laughs> Alexander Gelyevich Dugin. By the way, really like Alexander Gelyevich Dugin's father was named Helium. Helium, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if also his voice was like. His dad was Jordan Peterson because Dugin seems to me like the most angriest person at his father, but also a person who. The most anxious to have sex with his mom. Just my opinion. <laughs> Just my opinion. <laughs> so, but before we go further into the the life and deeds of uh, Alexander Dugin, we should maybe like uh, give the listeners a little sum up of what, who he actually oh, is. Oh, why we have no? Let's yeah, like not let's everybody say, in the world knows nutters like us guys. We have to realize this. Not, <laughs> let's just say also why we would We're even bring him up, because uh, Dugin supposedly is this like Rasputin behind oh, yeah. Putin, you know. <laughs> And uh, he's the, you know, the evil Merlin kind of dark professor, dark magician behind the Russian King Arthur. For the Russian King Arthur. Yeah, he's been uh, uh, secretly from behind the scenes, pulling all the strings, Mm, actually. Master of puppets. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy probably would have been so fucking psyched to actually work (laughs) in a puppet theater. Yeah, Limonov called him like a fairy tale man. He would be like... um, he would describe him, especially when he uh, was working in the nuts ball party with him. He would like walk into the rooms and then he'd be like telling his like, uh, like, like fascist fairy tales because he had like access to Dugan. I mean, he had access because of his dad to a lot of archives. And in the 80s, he started learning all the main like European languages. So mm. he because in the archives, usually those books would be in the original. Yeah, allegedly, I think he speaks Italian, German, Spanish, and I don't know, English, of course. So, but like um, coming from this background of like a, well, could say privileged uh, within Soviet society, something like middle, upper middle class, I don't know, bureaucratic class people. Um, Like, I don't know, it seems like from his biography, it's all very unclear, of course, that uh, something happened. His father left the family and like... uh, Quite after that, actually, not not so not so far long ago, uh, not so far from there. I mean, um, Dugan also kind of left the the family to go to the Moscow Aviation Institute and like uh, yeah, try to graduate. And like, I think we should do a little. Yeah, let's go back. Like, let's do um, a little bit of Dugan education. So uh, uh, he yeah went to this uh, aviation school, uh, but he got kicked out after a year 
and uh, allegedly he tells people for anti-soviet activities but from a different source i heard it's just not good, good enough grades yeah, yeah that's the thing because this guy come on let's be honest he is a, a humanitarian type of guy he's not like <laughs> Yeah, you can't tell him to be a pilot. Yeah, no, 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 but that's not even aviation. He, It's like, uh, it's engineering. He was trying to be an engineer, you know, like build planes and yeah. shit like that. So this is not, let's yeah. be honest. It's not his thing. It's that's probably a, when he found out that's not his thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, he insists that it was before <laughs> anti-Soviet activities. And Limonov talks about it a lot. This guy does not like risk. He is not like a revolutionary or whatever. He would not publicly do anything that would like compromise his well-being so i don't see him doing anything anti-communist anti-soviet in the university yeah most likely yeah he just couldn't be fucked to do it because mm. let's be honest fucking aviation engineering That's degree thing, yeah like no there's a lot of it's not for everybody it's really not for everybody like uh, it's i go as far as to say it's f for most people it is not because another thing that I was reading about him is like a scathing just review of his like dissertation that he wrote for his uh, degree, basically, yeah. in philosophy. Uh, so first of all, he got his degree in philosophy in 2001 or 2002. And that was... Oh, that's not so long That's not long ago at all. And also, ago, yeah. like, he's one of those guys who... And there's a lot of guys like that in Russia who will grow out a beard very young to appear more knowledgeable but in dugan's case as we talked about also like biologically he had to grow out a beard because yeah. otherwise he wouldn't be able to find a mate you know? <laughs> um i'm talking about the cover up some of this you have place. to cover up the lack of something <laughs> <laughs> lack of something like a penis uh but uh no the chin i'm talking about the chin of course yeah of course the beard grows on the chin dude <laughs> that's just to a point that he like uh, looks old but he's actually just 60. so i think the beard is very much and again I, i'll keep quoting limonov who is uh, you know controversial figure but in his assessment of uh, dugan i think very useful he said like once dugan was done with the whole like nazi satanic all that shit he was like there is nothing for this guy to do anymore so limonov's prediction is like this guy will become a scientist this guy will go into the scientists spheres because actually as a scientist because if you're a fascist or whatever you need to be a revolutionary in the system and this is not who dugan is and he doesn't have what it takes he doesn't take what it does but if you're a scientist you just you can acquiesce to anything everybody needs a scientist which brings me to like his dissertation basically so dissertation first of all gotta say so he got this uh uh what's it called remote degree or whatever when you're like uh correspondence correspondence degree <laughs> yeah. so um he got this correspondence degree from a school that um has nothing to do uh, with philosophy it was a melioration i don't like i don't know what's it called in english but like afforestation like basically t uh like when you turn, land increase yeah <laughs> land increase like when you turn like in uncultivatable yeah. land into draining something swamps, stuff like yeah this. draining swamps cutting down forests so this is the school specializing in this and he got his philosophical degree there oh. well there was 2000s in <laughs> russia question question. in 2000s in russia through just the will of god and our like you know western sponsors 
with money you could solve any issue really in russia uh, so i presume his connections through his dad his connections because he already released this book by this point the um what's it called basics of foundations, foundations of, of geopolitics, geopolitics. published yeah. in 1997 yeah so it was published five years before he got this degree okay. this book so you already had to get some cloud off of that book because he i presume got somehow through his connections one of the higher ups in the russian military to write a preface for that book um oh. and it, actually this book was one of the first books ever in russian to actually have reviews printed uh, printed in germany before mm. it was translated to german wow that's how like huge everyone thought it was, this book yeah, was publicized well publicized well yeah everyone loved it so basically this degree that he got is basically just like a way for him to legitimize himself eventually and become this like scientist respectful respected philosopher kind of uh, magic as, as Lomanov uh, predicted as Lomanov predicted absolutely yeah. wait there was one more thing um oh yeah basically the theme of the dissertation and again alleged if, dissertation alleged dissertation yeah which by the way used as like source material his own book <laughs> so um one of the things about it is not one of the things but just like in a nutshell and look you want to prove me wrong go out there <laughs> look up this is dugan's, <laughs> look up dugan's dissertation and try to figure out what's it about i'm giving you my interpretation of what some other guy t- said about it so but from what he said it seems like this wasn't much of a scientific uh, <laughs> endeavor at all yeah it wasn't much of a scientific this guy was like basically what it boils down to dugan's idea is that time of science is over That's a scientific mm. yeah, dissertation yeah, a scientific for a guy who actually doesn't know any science. Very convenient. Recurring theme with him. It yeah, seems. exactly. Absolutely. He's like just like whatever he doesn't understand, he rejected. <laughs> And uh, uh, what he says is that the science, as like the most use it has, is to serve the ruling elites to like justify something. But it's actually should be kept far away from society and everybody, and maybe sometimes referenced. Otherwise, we really <laughs> just, just reference science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we really don't. We really don't need science. Okay. Wow. Well. Yeah. And that was this scientific. That that's like, his scientific <laughs> uh, addition to the uh, Russian uh, sciences. Still, I, I see an interesting thing here um, because, like, later on, he's I don't know by that time I doubt, or maybe it was about that time that he also seemed to get notice of the. Um, Like he himself kind of discovered postmodernism in a way, you could say. You know, like What do you mean? I mean, like this whole like science is not scientific. Or <laughs> yeah, I think that's I mean, funny because yeah, he's against Western postmodernity. Yeah. yeah. But that argument is also very exactly, and so probably he read like I don't know, like Gattari or something, or yeah. Deleuze at some point, it and is. was like, well, basically they think in a way what I think. Very, I mean, like I'm sorry. They were much brighter, I guess, yeah. than Dugan, but like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's also, they were actually thinkers. And Dugan is just a great communicator and he's good at like manipulating data that he collected from somewhere else. And that's <laughs> ultimately, that's his like yeah, whole... Like he, he capitalizes on, on any like populist right nationalist thing. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, that, that's the thing. That's the only thing, like he capitalizes on it for himself the actual support mm. for dugan in russia it's like a very tiny community it's he's like it's it's like for right-wing nerds 
Dugan. Like yeah. this is not this is not like a popular support. Uh, the popular support maybe Limonov had a little mm. bit, but it's also like really nothing that could change anything. Really, uh, Dugan he. Uh, since he was a kid, because of his dad, he had access to those archives. He had access to their archives and he was like mesmerized by all of these, like some satanic literature that he was reading. And so, they, so, sorry to interrupt you here, yeah. but like, does it mean that like in the, in the Soviet Communist Party archives, there was satanic literature? <laughs> I love it. In the, so, like in the, in the secret KGB archives, it's there like, was everything there, it was it? everything. There. All the like uh, anything comes <laughs> and like, I'm sure they like kept track of what literature they thought was like important for any like culture. Yeah, so yeah. whatever came out, I think they just had everything there, to be honest with you by this point. But for sure, everything on like fascism, for sure, they had everything. Like, so yeah. he had like, he was like obsessed with Ebola and even like mm. his own uh, publishing company it would like print Evola books you know? oh okay so he kind of republished them Russian yeah yeah and he would add like his own commentary in the beginning so that was his whole shtick because he had this like access to things that normal people it's didn't perfect. have yeah, yeah. but also that he made this extra step of like learning all those languages because usually those things were in the original language so he was basically like a mediator between the Russian like whatever extremist society or just people who were like into this shit. So through this, he kind of, and again, this is like Limonov's opinion about him. He got this entitlement feeling. He started like seeing these ideas as his own ideas. Yeah, like the priests in the... Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They are the like, between God and people. So he starts thinking he's God. He starts thinking he's God. And uh, a lot, like, again, Limonov describes it. Yeah, some of these people like, when he saw them interacting with Dugan, people who were like really into him, they were like, it looks like they think Messiah is here. Yeah. Like this person who is like... A political savior. Of yeah, political savior of Russia and ideological savior of Russia. Mm. Makes sense. So the Satanist... Yeah, the Satanist aspect, I think, again, this kid was just like when he was a kid, just a little edgelord, you know, like whatever you're living in this drab 60s, you're growing up in this drab 60s, like nothing going on Soviet society. It's conformism, but also like it's not like American conformism in this like 60s, 50s, whatever. It's like at least there's like consumer goods, you know, some to distract there's some you. Fun. There's some fun going on. Soviet Union just fucking nothing you know it's just so boring especially if you live in tom's yeah absolutely <laughs> which he didn't but like <laughs> no but yeah if if he happened to live in tomsk i think he would have just killed himself we wouldn't even have that problem he was a moscow kid he's like a a, he's a rich kid yeah, yeah everyone rich you know yeah and uh so he uh i think was just mesmerized by everything that was like forbidden so he wanted to see the ss bullshit he even eventually formed a little group a black order of SS, which came out of this uh, Yuznitsky, um The Yuznitsky group, the, the so, yeah, occult uh, theater group. He was in like the two uh, main, when he was uh, like uh, 19, 20, he was in those two, uh, first he was in the Yuznitsky Krug, which was like a, just a bohemian kind of actors, writers, yeah. 
uh, musicians, they were gathering in this like writer's uh, apartment, communal apartment. So like everyone who lived there was like pissed that they were fucking getting drunk there all the time. And uh, <laughs> they were the annoying neighbors. Yeah, everyone, everyone fucking hated them. <laughs> everyone was like, these are the like, mind you, this is already like people who are forced to live in a communal apartment. So it's like basically just roommates. And then there's this guy who just does satanic rituals <laughs> in one of the rooms with like complete strangers, different people every night. Imagine if your gay guy would like bring in guys and like sometimes girls and they would like have sex orgies. <laughs> well, that could happen in Berlin. Well, that you never get invited, you know. Yeah, I think, yeah. well, I think you, they would probably never invite the neighbors either. They'd be like, "Oh, those guys are boring." You know, those are conformist assholes. Meanwhile, yeah, it's yeah. just poor people. <laughs> we have to go to work. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, there was this one, and it was like just like um, anti-Soviet. It was like liberal i guess in a way and some the main core of it was like those like traditionalists yeah, yeah. That, that would just like wanted to go back in time a little bit i guess it kind of makes sense because soviet union by this point like like there was no way for it to change anymore yeah. so it keeps like telling people about communism but all those things but it's like china these days like they don't even let people like really study Marxism in China. Yeah, exactly. So this is like the same thing is kind of going on in the Soviet Union, but it, without the economic growth and all the <laughs> whoop de doos that will distract you from just like yeah. how drab your existence is. So they would gather there and naturally they would talk about like when Russia used to be fun and when the world used to be fun and it'd be and they would be talking about the fun Nazis maybe every once in a while, <laughs> you know, with cool clothes and cool romantic ideas and fun geometry shit, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, but this one was not explicitly Nazi. It was more mostly just like esoteric al alchemist type of poetry bullshit. And but uh, one of the once the main guy was uh, um, went into exile in France. Mm. I think that's when it happened. But eventually the group splintered, uh, and it was Dugan, um, uh, Jamal Gaidar. What's his name? Forget his name. Jadar Jamal or something. Gaidar Jamal. And uh, they're like kind of a mentor, Golovin, this like Russian poet, the guy who would end up uh, teaching in uh, the school that Dugan would set up in 2000s. But he would like teach like philosophy, but also alchemy, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> sure, like a, what's in the curriculum? Yeah. Philosophy and yeah. making gold. Yeah, yeah. Like They would like uh, just go in there, do Harry Potter for an hour and a half, and bounce. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so this is like these people are part of the traditionalist school. Is it correct or like how how like are they just on their own? Like like I don't know, gurus. I mean, like the thing, the I'm not sure about their specific views. This guy who uh, I forget his name, but was uh, uh, the main guy in this specific one, in the Yuzhnitsky crook. Mm. He was definitely a traditionalist. He would like um uh write these kind of like mystic stories mm -hmm. like based in uh, uh soviet union or... but no in the soviet union oh yeah but sure. it would the characters would be like ultimately the the moral of the story would be pretty traditional but i'm not like so well like, sure, sure, sure uh but uh uh the splintered off group 
that Dugan, uh, Golovin, and uh, Gaidai Jamal would form, they would call it the Black Order of the SS. That no, was that's, that's pretty. That's pretty forward. And, and Dugan was like a Reichsführer or something. Okay, so they, they, had, they had a little Nazi club with yeah, for sure. And uniform. that's the thing. It it the whole. But Nazi, you know, like because now when you like just to also to explain to people, like now when you say Nazi, it yeah. means basically you're anti-Semite and a, a fascist in a yeah. way. Uh, was it in that way or Nazi, like as in national socialist? Nazis, Here's yeah. what I'm gonna say about this. I think it was neither. I think it was literally just like the aesthetics. It was an aesthetic, little fetish, little fetish, like fascist fetishes. They were just into this shit, and they really liked it. And they were edge lords, and they were like, "Fuck it, we're gonna call ourselves the Black Order of the SS." Because in in Soviet Union, it's cool and it's the most transgressive thing you can do in Soviet Union. Because like even to this day in Russia, the 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 struggle against hitler's fascism is the only thing that kind of unites all russians to this day that's like the only thing that all russians would agree yeah that was that was good yeah <laughs> that was we good. did that one thing I think I like if it you could great. if there was one thing all russians agree on except for you know neo-nazis <laughs> it's that, <laughs> that's, that's always an exception yeah but that's the thing even those guys are to this day they're not really in the discourse you know yeah. So, like, by any metric, all Russians since the end of the Second World War to this day, they love the fact that Hitler was defeated. Like, yeah. to as far as their understanding of what fascism is and what socialism was <laughs> and the whole dynamic between it, the, obviously there's no, you know, no one cares. But, the like, calling yourself... A black order of the SS <laughs> is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like me being, being like outspoken Satanist yes. in, in Midwest. Yes. I'm changing my, my, my name to N-word rapist. That's yeah. basically yeah. like that's what I, that's yeah. what it would be. Yeah. So it is there is like very like artistic, explicitly like sure. fuck you. You, you basically yeah. use the perfect word for it in nowadays terms. Yes. Edgelords. They were edge They're edgelords. To that point. But I mean like he's not an edgelord solely now there's like some more political well let's not no, call it substance but agenda behind yeah. it so how was that transition from 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 those nazi clowns to so what i is think now, you know? his like edginess led him to just i mean that's how like uh, youtube algorithm works today you get exposed to something long enough for for a little while you start believing it so but that's again like a question of whatever belief is like i'm not even though i can guess that he probably wants to fuck his mom <laughs> I don't I don't want to guess how far he believes into fascism or really any ideology because I think it was just the only thing he was exposed to and it was interesting to him and he like everyone seemed to be interested in him when he would talk about it so it lasted for a while till the 90s when eventually there was actually a way for him to express this politically when everything falls apart like it's up for grabs. You yeah, can no, do no, it. Exactly, yeah. yeah, you can start talking about shit, and then you you start like so. Yeah, there was two ways you could yeah, he yeah. could have started a cult, but he went the other way. He started being active in the whole like right wing. Uh, so anyway, Dugan uh, finally got to a little power in the nineties. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, you know, into history, but 90s Soviet Union is over, you know? Yeah. I don't know oh. if you heard. 
but little even though probably one of the worst catastrophes for russia in just a pure material way uh pretty good for uh going out there and having some fun if you are not expecting to like healthy or have food or you know good teeth or whatever but as far as like freedom generally goes of, of expression fucking sweet times you know Nin- like, yeah, just 90s is the most fun aspect of russian history ever for sure yeah. and also a nice thing about it is like all that history is literally on the internet like people started blogging pretty much straight away like all yeah. of russian history is documented by like any type after of blog yeah pretty wow. much like all kinds of bloggers like the, doing research for this i was on like the worst looking websites ever you know like the you know it only works on internet explorer yeah, yeah. <laughs> internet explorer or like a wayback machine you gotta yeah. use those things so um anyway 90s dugan finally is able to actually you know engage in some of the fun things that he was only dreaming about yeah. reading of all the fascist literature he could he finally gets to exercise it and uh to what? To exercise it, to actually try yeah, it out, yeah, okay. see what happens, to talk to people out on the streets, see how it goes. And he becomes pretty active in the right wing uh, circles. He's not super popular in the right wing circles, <laughs> but he's pretty active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like one of the reasons I think he wasn't super popular in the right wing circles is, again, as Limonov describes him, he is kind of an effeminate guy. Like he dresses up as a fancy lad. That's the type of guy that Dugan was at the time. Anyway, through the right-winger circles, eventually he uh, uh, does come into contact with a Limonov, Eduard Limonov. Oh, yeah. Uh, Limonov is the, I mean, look, again, just a preface. We're talking about people who are uh, Russian imperialists, both of these guys, at least at the time. And uh, Limonov, uh, as far as I know, not an anti-Semite as a person. As yeah. far as I know, as a person, not a racist, you know. <laughs> he did organize a national Bolshevik <laughs> party, though. <laughs> so, so, so would you say he did mostly for the lulls, basically? No, no. I think uh, like the way he explained it later in life is that when he says national, he means like a French national. He means like yeah. nation. So modern he, state, like, yeah, yeah he national, doesn't national he doesn't say that it's and that was a definite like a distinction that was made in the 90s by the government itself there was russians and russians there were russians who were russian ethnically and there were russians who were like citizens of russia you know hmm. and it was made clear that like this government is for like yeltsin's government for example it's for russians as in russian citizens anybody who is yeah, lives in yeah. russia so i think like Fucking, I don't want to be an apologist for a guy who wants to conquer Ukraine. <laughs> like, I just want to say in this specific one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, not for Dugan. I'm saying for Dugan, of course not. You know? yeah. But just because it's Dugan, nothing to do with it. It's just a kind of a, not that likable of a guy, Dugan. But Limonov, just personally, I don't know if you guys ever saw him. I saw him, yeah. 
very very cool guy <laughs> i mean like if you if you, had, if, you, if you had to go party with one of them i would definitely yeah limonov is definitely you would want to spend some time with him yeah. dugan you would run away being like oh my god someone invited dugan i'm leaving you know yeah definitely mm. anyway okay. so i love limonov no not <laughs> But Limonov is very useful if you want to find out like sure. Dugan in the 90s. This guy, yeah. these guys what, were what, fucking what tight. Did, what did he learn Dugan from Limonov, if anything? Or is it just that we have this record of, of Limonov now? Of to be honest with you, uh, I, that's a good question. If Dugan learned anything from Limonov. Because the, their time with Limonov, it was uh, the National Bolshevik Party. It was like not a synthesis of national and bolshevik you know yeah it was very much two things at the same time just happening yeah so there was a wing of the party that was nationalists and there was a wing of the party that were bolsheviks this is like uh, also like the ones admiring hitler and the others admiring lenin or something uh yes i mean for sure limonov for example obvious he was a huge lenin fan obviously yes. and uh uh dugan more of a stalin guy yeah. let's just say this okay. even though limonov also he self-admittedly goes like i wouldn't want to live under stalinism but he doesn't think stalin could be compared to like hitler he doesn't yeah. think like stalin is as bad as hitler you know okay but anyway those two guys got together and they created a little party like the the uh, party id number one limonov party id number two dugan Mm. And then uh, Igor Letov, the Siberian punk that was like huge in the 90s and even to this day, like even though he's dead, like people love him. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't like, sound like but, it's quite like that. No, yeah. people, no, people, people love him, but it, it's just like, and it, he is a good musician, yeah. let's be honest. But you know, as it happens with like, musician is great, but the, the, the fandom is toxic <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. so there's a lot of this or like generally just like we call <laughs> when i was growing up we would call those people shitheads who would be like very into leto you know mm-hmm. which is you know a very uh, um upper middle class way of just calling like a poor person who likes a certain type of music <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyway they were they were though mm-hmm. you know little shitheads but i love them and uh, so those were kind of the most famous people in this party and the party itself, uh, like Limonov described it as just the most, the most dangerous party in Russia. Mm. That was the whole, in my opinion, the whole right. thing behind party. It was very much like, even though there was like a, some like ideological base underneath it, but, and actually like very effective party structure, like through like Dugin and Limonov, they were pretty good at getting like followers. But once Letov joined, like people just off of the this punk rock person, they were like, fuck yeah, I'll fucking join the party. Yeah. And they didn't care. They was like Nutsball or whatever. They were like, fucking, fuck yeah, this guy's there. So yeah, Limonov and, and, and Dugan um, meet they, in the uh, 90s from the Bolshevik party with, uh, Le- what's their name, Letov? Let- Letov. Letov joins later. So like the, the, the they are the king and queen, no uh, pun intended, uh, of the Bolshevik uh Nazball party yeah. um and the story that uh limonov tells about the first time meeting uh dugan is uh, very like telling of what dugan is 
at, and like not self-admittedly, but like if you trust what Limonov is saying, admitting to Limonov what he is. So he tells about him, tells a story about how he like enters this room and he uh, Dugan addresses this whole room full of like uh, right wingers. Not necessarily Nazis, just like right-wingers, imperialists, Russian imperialists. Like there was strong movements in Russia after the Soviet Union being like, we have to go back to like monarchy straight up. Like we need to reinstall the... <laughs> Any kind of empire. Yeah, like they're like, <laughs> we need to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, he's addressing all those right-wingers and he's going through the uh, like all the factions throughout Europe that support them. And he's like, he's saying like... Yeah, the Belgian sect of whatever, whatever, sending their support, and then there's applaud. Yeah, yeah. And then that, like, he's like, this fucking like French section of uh, this and this right fucking wing is supporting us, and there's applause. And then there's like, he's like, and the American party of like whatever, whatever, N word, they're supporting us. Da, 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 applaud. And then like, uh, and uh, Limonov looks at that because last like twenty years he spent outside of Russia, and like a lot of these countries he was actually living in mm. and like was active in the political circles not just left-wing but that's how limonov is he was like the father of marine le pen was like his good friend yeah. so he he's like the dugan comes back down and he and like people are super excited now dugan comes back down off of stage and he's like limonov to him like do you understand that like all those <laughs> factions that you named they're not even like parties or whatever this is like three people <laughs> yeah, or whatever yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh uh dugan tells him well yeah they don't know it and then limonov tells the story that one day he walked in on one of the meetings because he was like traveling around the country and the dugan was basically the number two at the party so he was reading this lecture to like the new members who just showed up you guys should uh, actually concentrate on uh, self-development and uh, like uh, actually trying to make some money this revolution will maybe happen one day but before then we should actually concentrate on like developing ourselves and uh, basically he was giving them the whole shtick about like revolution will probably never happen you guys are should be concentrating on making money be, being active in the capitalist system and uh, just forget about this whole thing thing yeah. and this was like and just treat it as a side project like it's yeah this is a side project yeah. and then like when dugan left uh limonov was like uh no guys this is a party we're getting <laughs> like we're getting shit done here if you want to do like uh self-help on your own time sure but yeah. we're trying to accomplish projects here uh, and so this was around the same time like right before he left the party so i think this was the moment probably when he started realizing okay this whole fascism thing the whole revolution thing even if it was a fascist but still a revolution probably not gonna not gonna be happening yeah so yeah move somewhere else. yeah so, so he, he right? yeah he made a decision he started his whole eurasia organization he started uh like eurasia yeah eurasia that was uh, uh, national <coughs> he calls it also anti-shifinic like it's not shifinic uh, thinking it's not like yeah yeah he doesn't think hurt others or we think we're better but yeah but this area should have the means of absolutely yeah it's not like they all give the same sake of being like okay this is not like racist you know yeah. this is not like exclusion of other nations it's just russia will be the king 
I don't know, like, is, oh, let it, let, I mean, like, you kind of answered already, but, like, is, is this whole, like, what he's now known for, his whole intellectual approach to things, is it yeah. all, like, smoke and mirrors? Is it, like, all a self-surfing, uh, like, Dugan money-making project or also fame-producing? Or think, is it, uh, like, does he have, like, a, like, or has he developed, like, is, like, that's the question, like, maybe he never had, maybe he always had, or did he develop them along the way, like, yeah. a political agenda? Like so, this? like, the question becomes basically how much do Russian elites actually believe in like a new Russian empire in a sense of like, as you said, from Dublin to Vladivostok? Like, I don't think they even think that that's like a thing. It's not feasible. That could be happening. But like things, for example, like, yeah, Eastern Ukraine, Crimea, Caucasus, probably parts of Kazakhstan, like, certain expansionism they're totally down for like yeah. they they would love it anything like any distance they could put between them and like europe china america like yeah that's definitely the party line so i don't know if he again who cares if he believes it you know like sure. it doesn't really matter it was useful for the regime obviously at the time this general gave it a seal of approval being like yes we like this book. Foundation. Yeah, and it's like his like Foundations of Geopolitics published in nineteen ninety seven. It's like seminal work, you could say. He was pushed at that time like decision makers or yeah, big like, publishers. They know him and they're interested in his. They st- yeah, he's, like uh, they slowly, he's slowly. A public debate. Yeah, right? He started getting into like certain government circles. He started in, like being um, like with the like senators in russia giving them advice so this is the question that i couldn't find the answer to like how much of it was his merit of just uh they actually think that he's useful and how much of it maybe was also like again his dad was a higher up in the soviet army like after the soviet union fell apart these are the people who usually stayed in power. Yeah, so yeah. like by even if it wasn't his dad, by this time he must have had so many connections to like yeah. all kinds of uh, uh, all kinds of military apparatus that was fun, like working in Russia. So it is just yeah, I really don't have I don't know. I don't no, know. Sure, you don't have to, I mean, have to that, that, from me. from what you're saying, like him jumping forget the the young stuff where yeah. Satanism and, uh, no yeah that's the thing this is not this is not but a from thing from there from the first like with his party like the, the yeah. national democratic party and yeah. like going into this region thing he obviously has this nationalistic yeah, idea sure. of Russia uh, make Russia great again yeah just how that's what he's actually going through yeah like uh, I think he's a bit of course it's, he's self-serving in every way but also it's uh, for a guy like him, he wants to hear about because it's hard like to combine like especially as a traditionalist yeah. and a conservative, uh, like to to like think of Tsar Russia, what like that kind of history and the Soviet era, yeah, and combine that in one national identity, yeah, people, and also like very know, strongly yeah. mixing capitalism into it. Because this is like a huge part of his ideology. Yeah, he wants to use it as a cultural yeah. manipulation. 
he speaks of something like national capitalism yes which is the preempting development of a genuine true radically revolutionary and consistent fascist fascism which is for russia he, but it's also <laughs> like, like china man like where the, he's where also the being very honest like a yeah, national that's, capitalism. That's that I find astounding about national him. capitalism like, <laughs> leads to fascism. That's how it works. I don't know. Like it's all it's all a big mix up. I think like from 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 philosophical, ideological, Western. He would say that's his. That's probably his defense to me being Western, not understanding yeah. his, his weird mix up of every idea, basically. Yeah, but so why end up and end adds up to something that I don't know. I think, sounds not so good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's one of the consistent things. Like, if you think about empire, yep. like Russia as an empire, and then the previous system, it has in this world, it has to be a national capitalist state. It's just the state is the big company, and it's trying to get as much. Well, that's a th- that's a thing. The so itself, that's that's the state. That's the and difference. That's very consistent. So if if uh, and again, this is like not even about Dugan, just generally like our own opinions now about how much this model would be working and especially in russia because you brought up china china is that yeah china is that that's 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 what that's the thing china is national capitalism but it it is still like state capitalism the the difference with russia is that it's not really state capitalism it's just everyone who runs the state is a capitalist so russia is specifically so his ideology, I still think, is more of just protecting these elites, these capitalist elites, to like whatever, the last man standing as much as we can. And it just so happens that it also coincides with this like expansion to protect itself from NATO, you know, or any like any yeah. threat from the outside. So imaginary. imaginary or real, you know, uh, so it it coincides, but at the it, it's still like it's not the Chinese model. Because the Chinese model is still it it's it's a state that runs the economy, and in Russia it's more of the people who profit the most from the economy running the state. You know what I mean? Yes, I mean maybe that's his thing, but national capitalism I wouldn't understand it. Like maybe you're describing what's happening in Russia. Right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. But in, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, like that's why China is succeeding national- and Russia did not. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And of course, because it wasn't applied, like this party is still the national, like, like calling calling himself a national capitalist. Still, yeah. Russia is not a national capitalist state. Like, it's no, it's it's a it's a capitalist state, very like brutal capitalist mm-hmm. state, and uh, most access, but just ruled by the most ruthless capitalists. You know? exactly, yeah. So is is Dugan satisfied with the status quo of Russia? Like that's the thing. They he borders so. as in like it's that's a that's state. an interesting thing because that's a, the the thing that they always do is even this. Uh, so there's this uh, TV channel, Tsargrad, and uh, was set up right after the annexation of Crimea. Uh, so uh, and it was set up by this like guy, whatever he was like a Russian hedge fund guy who is like ultra nationalist christian and but also set up with the help of one of the producers from fox news so um also this guy is i'm pretty sure under trial now in america because uh it's not literally like from last week like because it's not cool to do that anymore and he had too many investments in this thing and uh 
Dugan for a couple of, for a year or two he was like the so yeah he like he went into this uh, Eurasian ideology yeah uh, like na- like very nationalistic Russian yeah uh, populist like not whatever if it's populist or not but not populist but very nationalist yes very nationalist yeah uh, and yeah there like what's uh, what like what really happened from there what did he achieve so well the eurasian ideology again yeah that's what it seems to be the backbone of like modern day russian foreign policy you know uh like not even like the backbone because it's also like anyone in russia especially in the 90s and the beginning of 2000s if like any government official was actually asked like what is the direction that russia is supposed to be going i think it was actually like did happen like like either uh clinton himself or like some of his like cronies were asking like on some uh trip to russia they were asking like a russian foreign minister like so what do you see the direction russian going and they would go like we just don't know like do you have the ideas they would literally ask yeah, us, yeah, like, they, like you, you, you think we should know because this is course, also yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, a huge like we're over you know yeah. we're like i mean we're, we're over now like that's a new start we have to start over uh like whatever country shit but whatever it's still a country and we they what, yeah. we actually don't know what to do and uh, even when i was growing up there, there were people kept looking for the russian idea you know because communism was over and even like so communism, you need, yeah you need to find something like to unite those people there is nothing kind of yeah there is nothing so nation yeah yeah, yeah like the eurasianism sounds like nerd shit you know that's for sure not a national idea even to this day maybe in the government circles between themselves maybe also like in, in like they say like accidentally <laughs> that's what they do but not because they read so, it so, like so much so there's the thing one of those like shitty websites from the 90s that i was reading was like by this eurasia society itself and they were basically describe, describing where it came from and what it is and uh one like the thing that stroked me with it is like the even in this like mission statement that they were putting out there it was written so mysteriously <laughs> you know it was written like so like like metaphorically like you couldn't pinpoint exactly yeah. what the fuck they're talking about mm-hmm. so fuck it's even saved here somewhere while i'm talking i'm gonna f- look for it if it's still here what? uh this yeah. like specific yeah. website because uh, oh yeah there it is there it is baby so here they're saying the government more and more is using the ideas that came out of this like Dugan metaphysical underground and the Eurasian ideas. Yeah. This is, and then the last phrase in the thing, or is it the other way around? Dot, 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 dot. question mark. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> yeah, the cliffhanger. But it's also like this tells me that they don't even know. To be honest, or probably right. they know that they actually don't have any. They answers, probably don't. Also, they're dragging off for this. They want to cash it. Exactly. Yeah, too, so again, I think like they just say we agree with the government. That's yeah. the thing. They just acquiesce. With them, I think yes. Dugan very realistically understood once Putin was there that he's there to stay. Putin after Yeltsin was like an obvious like everyone of the elites agreed yeah. this is going to be Putin and he is a guy with connections in the army he obviously was like probably informed that this that's the that's for dinner you know mm, that's yeah. the new mustard is Putin so like uh on his I think like the moment after Putin was elected or like right before Putin was elected he started having like his meetings Eurasian society you know and yeah. eventually in this Eurasian society next to his portrait and uh, this other like um, Muslim version of him portrait 
there would be a Putin's portrait there. So yeah. they straight away they start supporting Putin like very quickly. Yeah. And um, if the, so, again, coming back to this uh, news channel and generally like this Russian like right winger uh, propaganda that tries to be populist is uh, they as like Trump Trump in America. You know, that's a good example now that like the Alex Jones, whatever, Crowder, whatever the right wingers, uh, Shapiro, uh, Carlson, they would be sh yeah. they'll be shitting on all of the Republican Party. But Trump is sacred. You don't yeah. shit on Trump, you know. So that's kind of the same actually thing that's been going on in Russia. But it's just in Russia till very recently. It was not only just the right wingers. It was the whole country for a very yeah. long time. Everyone was like, yes, the government's corrupt, but Putin is there. Yeah. The same. The ones around him are not bad. Are bad. The, 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 yeah, like his. But him, him is, yeah. Exactly. Is also the king. Like, yes. Though now, like, it just sometimes happens. Yeah, they do something and he can't be everywhere, obviously. He can't see everything. Otherwise, if he was everywhere, he would have controlled it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he can't be everywhere. So, but he still somehow has to run the country. Like, they, yeah, they steal their bad, but like eventually he'll like. Uh, you know, but purge them all. Bigger things now, yeah, he's right? got we bigger, bigger yeah. things on his plate. We're Relation. trying to, yeah. we're trying to reestablish the Russian Empire. We're trying to fucking make Russia great again. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Make so sense. yeah, that's the. I think it's very much just right moment, right time. And I actually like reading his biography. That's very much like he just like goes with the flow. He knows to be as a life. Yeah, he time. knows when to. Carpe diem. Know what to say, yeah. You know? Yeah, the wave he sees, he rides it. Like, really. It's he rides scary. the wave, yeah, big time, baby. So, so as a kind of a resume, and on one hand, you could say, or like, what I take from what you told me tonight is like, um, that Dugan is not much of a threat, A, because like he's pure theoretical person and not even very consequent. Not even very like, consistent theoretical Yeah. And like, so on the one hand, I see him as a as a threat of what he himself describes as his like well, say like targets or enemies or like the things he fights against which he says is like democracy human rights and individualism and like yeah, he, fights those, yeah. he fights those because he sees them as like internally western like it's like the these yeah. are, this, this is what epitomizes the west for him that's how he justifies it but like on the other hand like i don't know like but that's yeah, but he's not saying that it's wrong. He's saying that this is your idea yeah, it of doesn't how people true. Sh should work. Yeah. It may be not necessarily important for us. Our culture is yeah, more that's, collective. That's literally what he says. That's yeah. literally what he says. He says, like, for us... He doesn't it doesn't say it's wrong. It's it's not, he says it's, it's not a universal... It's, it's, it's not, not universal, universal truth. Yeah. And, yeah. like, for, in his ideas, he's, like, saying that the West is trying to spread this as... Uh, like, in a, in a very... Like, how Napoleon felt, like... The French Revolution and its values should be applied everywhere. And then yeah. he went, went nuts yeah. going around wanting to spread it. And that's the idea how he thinks about uh, the Western. Uh, yeah, that's his. Thing. Yeah, but that's he, the way he justifies. He doesn't say. Yeah, but he doesn't say it's wrong. But like, he he's just saying let us decide. It's wrong for Russians. That's what he says. It's wrong for Russia. Yeah, yeah, because our culture doesn't need this. Right yeah, now. we have bigger. Uh, which is, of course, I don't, I don't support because in the reality, no, I mean, the best that's the thing, thing like, the best thing, <laughs> the best, uh, like, the most successful reactionaries, the most successful, like, fucking, even fucking Nazis, they do talk to a certain, like, granule of truth, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, some kernel of truth in there. Yeah, of course, like, especially individualism.
obviously, you know, like a very bad idea, you know, <laughs> individuality. That's a good, you know, that we can talk about. But individualism, yeah, for sure. Democracy, this guy can, you know, go fuck himself. He doesn't even know what democracy is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, not again, America neither. So fuck you. Well, okay. So we end on America, fuck you. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah. And... What year? I mean, yeah, like, like right now, like uh, Eurasian uh, stuff starts around the middle of 2000, like 2000, no, 2000s, like the year yeah. 2001, 2002. That's when it like comes to fruition. And uh, it's also like he didn't invent it, you know, it's like it's been around before him. Uh, yeah. There was like uh, this other guy who formed uh, like the guy who was in actually with him in in the 1980s in this esoteric group the um what's it uh gaydar jamal uh with the group yeah he was with him in this group and uh, he i think even before him started like his own party which had the similar name even like eurasian something association or something yeah. and he was uh, this guy's pretty cool too because he he was like uh in the 90s and beginning of 2000s the chechen war you know uh and he was like very much pro the what we would call uh, terrorists in russia at the same time uh at that time and another thing uh they would ask him like what was the best time for muslims in russia you know and he was saying like what the best time for muslims in russia was under the golden horde when all the slavs <laughs> would look at a muslim man as an uber bitch <laughs> <laughs> wow! Who said that? The guy Dar Jamal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oh, he was some research. Like, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, all these guys. It was guys, a while back, though. It was the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was no, the 90s. I mean, like the Golden Horde was it like. Oh yeah, the Golden Horde was a while back. You're like that's <laughs> that's been a while. That's really traditional. No, no, but that, that's but what you, thing, dude. Yeah. Honestly, like everyone in Russia in the nineties was an edge lord. Like everything in Russia, the culture, everything was super like on edge, yeah. everything was on edge. Everything was just like saturated completely. So I don't know how much of this shit they were saying just because that was the first time that they encountered like press and they realized like the, I can just say I can just I say the craziest. <laughs> yeah, 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 and practice. again, like they turned out to be right. The guys who said the craziest shit in the nineties lasted the longest. Like fucking Dugan still around. Uh, Limonov was around for a while. The thing that killed him was old age and being too, you know, too edgy. Too no, too like uh, honestly, too. Uh, I don't know if it killed him, but he was like a uh, ideologue. Like he, like he actually believed whatever yeah, he was saying. Yeah, he was idealistic. Yeah, and uh, he was like, yeah, I'm for a Russian empire, but also for a complete redistribution of wealth in Russia. You know. Cool. Dude, you can fucking Dugan is up there. Like, it, it's just like if you look at the views, it's like seven thousand views mm. on the videos. That's why I'm kind of judging it. But like, this is not like, it's not a popular, super popular movement. And again, like when he talks to Russian media people, you can see that they like respect him like crazy. And I think it mostly is because like it seems to them that he like predicted shit that was gonna happen, like yeah. Russia annexing Crimea and annexing like donbass or somehow that he willed it into existence or exerted some power on the powers that be <laughs> like whatever but just because they know me. that he was talking about it before and now it happened i think they got mad respect for him i'm pretty sure they figured it out before dugan but again if dugan wasn't there 
they would have still. That's yeah. what it, they, they would. It wasn't the right time in the right place. Right time, right place. I think that's what it is, guys. You just elect a little boy. Well, that's actually basically what allowed people to Yeah, it's like causation, correlation, you know how they keep talking about this shit. And it's an intersection, it's not an intuition. Yeah, it's yeah. just, they, yeah, they seem to be at the same spot. They and both yeah. think basically the same things, or at least very similar ones. The yes. one is actually the president of Russia, the other one. One actually like, has any weird. power, and the other guy is just a weird guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just a weird dude. Uh, what else could... Um, Yeah, annexation of Crimea, like, basically, we're, like, full-on in, like, ultra-modern history of Russia. Annexation of Crimea, like, changes everything, really, in Russia. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, he's just doing it for, you know, to get votes. Because everyone was super stoked for annexing Crimea, you know? Like, that's what I, like, distinctly remember. I was actually in America when this happened like i was an exchange oh, really? yeah i was an exchange student in america and like one one morning i show up at school and everyone's like mad at me for no reason <laughs> like, I don't know. and uh yeah i was like dude and at this time like my main interests were like mario kart i don't know like yeah, it wasn't <laughs> i like hated putin but like on a like just you don't uh, care it's yeah i hated him only on like aesthetic level yeah. You know, I was just like, yeah, he's gross, old guy who hates gay people. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't like it. You know, it seems to be lame. And he's into adult karate. I was like, fucking, Judo, this yeah, yeah, this sucks, dude. And uh, but yeah, once I came back home, I was like, man, there's a lot of fireworks going on. Like every night, there would be someone shooting fireworks. I noticed this like distinct change that everyone, like patriotism, went way up. So my main thing was always like, okay, he mainly did it for like just to get the votes you know to support and largely it was that you yeah. know but also as you said the access to the black sea and generally probably pre-setting the invasion as it seems yeah. today I, I think a week or two ago that uh, he made actually an appearance on al jazeera arabic uh, dugan? dugan oh cool let's see it and let's hear it wasn't the first time it's just like now it just mm -hmm. seems more relevant. And how he sells his uh, the idea about what's happening. In, uh, it was actually, how long ago what was it after the invasion? Two weeks later, oh, okay. like after the invasion, mm -hmm. of course, after the Russian invasion mm -hmm. of Ukraine. Uh, and he's the way he's selling it. Uh, like because he's on Al Jazeera, it's the biggest actually Arabic platform yeah. like, for to get news. He promotes the whole uh, the whole war is exactly from the part that is the Russian narrative, which is the NATO is going to us. Mm -hmm. the, so like he established this, establishes the self-defense of Russia and he says how good is that. Like he's smart. Dude. So he says how good is that also for the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And he says that you can also form now you have time. They're busy with us. Yeah. You have time to build your own homogenic culture the way you see it. Your Islamic yeah. Arabic culture. Yeah. The way you see it. Yeah. And uh, just imagine, like, we are all big empires in the world yeah. and just trading with each other with self-respect and we respect our borders and, like, <laughs> yeah, for the best of the planet. You know? 
Uh, and he mentioned that the MENA area can be like one big part. There's the Eurasian Russia, India, China, mm-hmm. uh, and the West, they can be there, but we, we are not going to be bullied by the West anymore. Yeah. Their universalism. Of course, that's when he puts the hint of truth. Yeah. The very universal ideas doesn't mean it's universal. It's their part, it's their share of the universalism. Other people has their shot, their parts that should be shared as well. If you really want a universal idea, and for him, having those big empires where they maintain some peace together, mm-hmm. that's the perfect world. Yeah, and I mean, on paper, it's not bad. Of course, we know this where this person is coming from. Yeah, and this is no. What type <laughs> of empire? You say this as a like, uh, you know like a, a carrot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a carrot for a. For a <laughs> he's also like fully like embraced he's like yeah this is going to be still like a capitalist system of course that we're going to be supporting like of just trading between the, the different countries he's like yeah we can maintain some relationships between the empires but you have no clue what like you have no say of what I do to the people in my country yeah and that's exactly, exactly. so it's an empire and that's the an thing it's, the, it's kind of in, in some respects the worst combination of all things you know yeah. it's a China's don't interfere with our things. Fuck off, you know. Like keep off our borders. It's like no, actually, we're doing an, another Russian Imperium kind of a huge empire. But this time, actually, we skip on the communism part. Yeah. So we're <laughs> capitalist. Yeah, yeah, right. we're not. Yeah, yeah. We're not even trying to do anything. <laughs> and then he has this like total lack of universalism, which is like, well, human rights—they're very subjective, yeah. you know. So the, the one merit the West may, might have, you know, that we're yeah. also not gonna have this you know so but also that's a point that's a point Georg as well that also I hate like from a western mentality yes no, not everybody should live like you and have the same values because it's not like every country like Slavo Zizek uh, man I love this guy Slavo let's Zizek, all let's all have sex with Slavo when he comes to Berlin <laughs> but he says that also universalism is like no like uh, he really says every culture is shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, has yeah. its own big of important things that fucked up humanity maybe for yeah. some, for a lot of time. So the idea of universalism is is not to imply what I think is better; is to just have the discussion. Yeah, of course. This something on the part of the West didn't do at all. No. Uh, so, but yeah, this the victim playing and being the underdog. Is something that he, uh, uh, Dugan, like specifically, he thrives on. But thrives on. yeah, because and also like, like, look at them. Like yeah, like Russia in general. Western. Russia in general. That's like the whole name of the game for the, uh, 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 for the foreign policy in Russia. That's the like you we we play the underdog, and even for the domestic policy, it's like yeah, we've been embarrassed, yeah. and now we're on our knees, and it's time for us to stand up. You know. And that's a historic thing. Also, since the Soviet Union also was. Supporting, but I mean, also that went ideologically with the Soviet Union, supporting like uh, liberation groups. Yeah, I mean, like, again, let's say this even the Soviet Union, like uh, Soviet Union, Russia, whatever, it's actually like Russia and Soviet Union support a lot of the same countries, but for like 
Probably also the same reason, because uh, like the Soviet Union, yeah, 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 the We're Soviet Union, like one step behind like the, our competition. So we, yeah, the Soviet uh, Union had the excuse of like, okay, we're gonna support the left-wing governments around the world, but it's also like the governments that are yeah against the West, obviously. Mm. And Russia has the same kind of agenda now, but now with the actually a right-wing mentality mixed into it, and also supporting the right, extreme right uh, organizations around Europe, especially. So, uh, anything else? To talk about uh, uh, what else we gonna say? Ah, well, we forgot to cover the main thing in 1986. Old boy Dugan released he released yeah. an EP in yeah. 1986 under the uh, I forget his uh, what was it? his uh, moniker was. Oh, that, that's interesting. Yeah, his moniker, his moniker was taken, well, or let's say, his moniker was supposedly Hans, Hans Ziva. It definitely was. It definitely was, yeah. which I find as a German, I find it hilarious. Um, which, what a stupid name. Um, I mean, it's very, it's, very, it's very German. It's not stereotypical German, but... No, like, but it's like the, a, edge, it's, it's a parody, <laughs> it's a parody of a German. Kind right? of, kind <laughs> of, yeah. Which was uh, allegedly taken from, from uh, at least the last name, from... Wolfram Sievers, though, who was a Nazi paranormal researcher. So yeah, he I mean, loved that. That's pretty fitting. Like, he um, loved Nazi paranormal researcher? Yeah. Whatever that means. Like the shit <laughs> that, oh, you yes. know, when, uh, when, you know, Nazi paranormal researchers, when uh, Captain America defeated Hydra, you know, that type of shit? That was, yeah, like Hydra, basically. Yeah, yeah Hydra, that's the yeah. Nazi yeah. paranormal research. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, reading a lot of that shit in the archives. He was reading a lot of about Anna Nerby. And... Uh, uh, so the but the name of the album was uh, Blood Label, and I think uh, everybody should give it a listen and donate to Dugan's Patreon if you liked it. Maybe he'll release a second one. Okay, so uh, what do you think? Do we like this guy or not? Dugan, I'm gonna give him uh, three swastikas out of five but they're like drawn by an eighth grader so he fucks <laughs> they're wrong the, he fucks them up it gives him like a couple of tries to figure out which direction to put them in so all the three of them are different but all wrong yeah they're all of three of them are different but, so, but somehow they're all wrong <laughs> three out of ten swastikas for sure yeah. Yeah. three out of ten no three out of five come on I'll give him three out of five. He passes this way. Right? Yeah, he, it's a passing grade. No, right? He's there. He's, he's there. I mean, he, he, he uh, so dude, this guy's been grinding since, and again, grinding in terms of rigid dad grinding, you know, so not really, but for a while now. And uh, he's still alive. And uh, he, uh, one of his wives actually was uh, like a LGBTQ libertarian uh, activist in Russia. Oh, so he's not a powerful. Um, uh, here's the thing. Again, this is but my like, my main like, thing like, is like he's not anything. That's what I think is that's 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 another purpose, like right? I think well like after people listen to this they'll think like like I hate this guy. But I don't hate him even for the whole like political stances. It's just the more you read about him, the more you realize how like there is a lack. It's like a black hole of a personality. Like yeah. he just adapts to not only any political regime. He sounds like a guy who adapts to any room that he enters. He's like nothing. He's just a chameleon. But that's also can be amazing. That's well for him, yeah. But it's not very like a interesting person on his own like as a person like as a yeah he doesn't bring his own drugs yeah it's not authentic 
yeah the, there is no even though like authenticity you know who is even the same but this guy definitely not you yeah. know that's the problem with dugan ultimately like just as a influencer on instagram not authentic i don't like him honestly i think um you just brought you just hit the nail on the head actually with him i mean like i personally we we we've, could sense that a little with uh, more than me and our little um well, let's say this understanding <laughs> of 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 uh, his I mean Dugan's values or his like the values he hates or whatever and how especially how how um, problematic which definitely is in my opinion but like he um, is let's say dangerous. How Dude, dangerous I love I is. love when people use the word problematic for like a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, basically. Um, so uh, basically, again. Uh, fight between Jordan Peterson and Dugan originally as an uneducated just ignorant person I put my money on Dugan after a week down a rabbit hole of Dugan adjacent articles and history and blogs and just the worst design JavaScript HTML uh, uh, websites uh, on the internet I can like unequivocally just like 100% say that it would be the most boring fight <laughs> ever, but Jordan Peterson would win. In a fight, I mean physical. In a fight of the minds, I think uh, the main thing that would happen if they had a debate is the. It would be the worst. It would be like the. Yeah, like the. Imagine, it would be. It should not happen. It would be it like. It would be like what's it called Jonestown when they all drank Kool Aid. Yeah. <laughs> the audience would commit. The audience would like do. Because, I mean, when you go to a debate, there's usually usually you're decided like you're on one part. Yeah, you already decided which part yeah. you're on. But if you go there, like who are you? Then? Yeah. If you are interested in those two guys, yeah, yeah, and you want to go watch like a debate between those two people, you're already a fucked up person. You're like. Yeah, Your there's so, there's really Your like from I'll just say even this from like a leftist perspective and from a rightist perspective, both of these people should be sent to either a concentration camp or a gulag. <laughs> both your weapon, like whatever perspective you're coming from, like both <laughs> yeah, of these guys. Yeah, it's just like uh, they're like mental scientists say mental science. Yeah, well, Jordan. That's the thing. <laughs> At least Jordan Peterson did his homework. He actually went to gulag. <laughs> He actually went to a gulag to cure him from anime addiction. Or whatever. <laughs> he went to Siberian gulag to cure himself from like. But Richard dependency. Yeah, but I think it was, yeah, I think it was anime addiction. Did, did, you, did you say anime porn? <laughs> yeah, it was anti addicted. Um, any last? Uh, any last? Any words? last words before they kill us with the <laughs> Topol M missiles? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it. I think I'm, I'm good. Like, I thank you so much. Actually, uh, yeah, thank you. Good information, man. Yeah, I think it was great. Thank you, Ilya. But that we did it. Yeah, we did it. We solved the crisis.